All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. When you go to the mailbox and you open it, mm. and then, like, you get this stuff, you get the mail out because, like, you have to bend over, and, then, like, if there's a lot of mail, you have to, like, get a big, like, big handfuls of it. I think that's pretty fun. I think that's the funnest part about it. Yeah, there's nothing like getting a good old-fashioned letter. Too bad nobody actually sends them anymore, and all we get is junk mail that goes straight into that other sorting center, recycling. Sorry, kid. Hi, it's Manoush Zamarodi, and you're listening to New Tech City, the podcast about how technology is changing us. This week, we're looking at what the postal service could be and the story of Outbox, a tiny startup with a big postal dream to reimagine mail as we know it. And this story is not a David and Goliath tale of a little guy, a slingshot, and taking down a giant. That's because in this story, Goliath smushes David like a little bug. Goliath, in this case, is, of course, the U.S. Postal Service. Free delivery in the Postal Service now reaches millions of our citizens. From its start in 1775, the USPS was always on the cutting edge. Whenever new technology debuted, like the telegraph or the steam locomotive, it was quick to adapt. But the last couple of decades have been a struggle. And that's putting it very kindly. The United States Postal Service ended its second quarter with a net loss of $1.9 billion as first-class mail volume. Americans now send 25% less mail than they did 10 years ago. Pensions, regulations, fewer ways of making money. It's almost like the U.S. Postal Service is being funded by nostalgia rather than cash. Low-hanging fruit for a hungry entrepreneur on the prowl. Like Evan Baer. My name is Evan Baer, and I am co-founder of Outbox. Do you still call yourself that? Depends on who asks. <laughs> okay. We do. Evan's company doesn't exist anymore. Back in 2011, Evan and his friend Will Davis, they're two recent Harvard Business School grads, former Capitol Hill staffers, and they're looking to make their next move. Spending more time in Washington, D.C. wasn't at least the right fit for us. Tech looms large, and Evan and Will start to think about founding a company. Like lots of business school types, they take their ideas from books like The Innovator's Dilemma, which is by Harvard professor Clay Christensen. How does a small, young company beat an industry giant on its own turf? Through what Harvard Business School professor Clayton Christensen calls disruptive innovation. It works That's like from this. the Harvard Business Review. For an entire generation of entrepreneurs, Christensen's ideas are like the holy commandments. Every startup, including Outbox, wants to disrupt some other established business. 
disruption. So Evan and Will, they jump in head first. And their idea is to disrupt the Postal Service, an institution that they see as outdated, lumbering, mismanaged. Here's step one. We spend three months doing an approach known as paper prototyping or lean startup or broadly designed thinking. Listening to him tell the Outbox saga is like sort of sitting through a Harvard Business School class. You almost need a glossary to sort of get through it if you're not in this world. Anyway, the research phase, they spend time with 100 families and they ask them, what is it like for you to send and receive mail? Where are your pain points? So they spend a few days uh, taking as many pictures, taking a picture of the mailman and of their mailbox and their kid who's one chewing on a Pottery Barn magazine and whatever comes to mind. And then they walk you through it. The feedback sparked Outbox. Total control from your mobile phone over your postal mail. They get funding, hire employees, build special scanners to photograph and digitize people's mail. This is where the montage would be if we were in a movie. Then customers start signing up. They pay $5 a month to have Outbox intercept their actual physical mail, scan each piece, and put the images online for them. So the day that the mail was supposed to arrive to your house, you would receive it in beautiful 300 DPI color on your phone. And then we would give the user control over what to do with that. They could tell us to shred the mail. They could tell us to unsubscribe from that mail and never receive mail from that sender again. They could request that it actually be physically delivered. So skip the Toys R Us flyer. Thank you. But do send me that beautiful wedding invitation. Evan and Will roll out their pilot program in Austin, Texas, where the local postmaster gives them the go-ahead to experiment. He agreed that the Austin post office would forward all the mail headed for Outbox clients directly to Outbox to be scanned and so forth. And this cooperation from the Austin postmaster is key. Without his willingness, Outbox can't exist. Eventually, the company expands to a second city, San Francisco, of course, It's all happening. It's all like things are going great. And then CNBC calls. The founders behind a new company are hoping to revolutionize the way we get our mail and bring needed modernization to the U.S. postal system. It sounds amazing. After that spot on CNBC, Outbox gets something it's been seeking for months, a meeting with the Postmaster General of the United States. Yes, high fives all around. They head to D.C. It's their Mr. Smith goes to Washington moment. I I don't think I've ever been so thrilled in my whole life. And and that Lincoln Memorial, gee whiz. It's June 2012. The Outbox team arrives at LaFont Plaza, the headquarters of the U.S. Postal Service, which to Evan Bear is no Lincoln Memorial. They got the worst federal building in all of D.C. It's just absolutely terrible. So we're on the top floor of this building, windowless conference room with the executive team from the Postal Service. It turns out that the praise from CNBC... To revolutionize the way we get our mail... It jumped the gun. We really didn't know what to expect of the meeting because we had had a number of conversations with them previously. We had been welcomed fairly warmly in Austin. So if anything, we had some naive optimism about, hey, this will be fun. Let's see what comes out of this. So Evan and Will may have been naive, but they had their pitch down. Outbox would help the USPS by forking over loads of data. They had information that the Postmaster General didn't, namely what happens to people's mail once it's delivered. What do they do with it? How do they feel about it? 
customer data. That's how Evan and Will pitched it. One element here was we actually are going to learn a lot about your customer and about the mail. And we actually want to share all that information with you. Postmaster General Patrick Donahoe says they've got a misunderstanding of how the Postal Service actually operates. He looks at us and he says, well, that's our misunderstanding. Those aren't our customers. We say, what do you mean? Our, you know, United States citizens, and taxpayers. He says, no, you know, our customers are several hundred volume mailers. And our product to those customers is the guaranteed delivery of their marketing mail onto the kitchen tables of every American. Junk mail. I was being charitable. Uh, yeah, it's early. You know, I was trying to be nice. Um, but you're right. That That's what it was. Junk mail. Junk mail, direct mail, whatever you want to call it. It makes up about a quarter of the Postal Service's total revenue, and they really want that amount to grow. If you go to the USPS website, you'll find a pamphlet pitching businesses to do more direct mail because, and I quote, People really do love getting mail, which means mail still has a vital role to play in getting your brand's message into the hands of your customer. Super cheerful. But many of us, and of course the founders of Outbox, well, we beg to differ. But here we are in a conference room in Washington, the establishment guy face-to-face with the young entrepreneurial buck makes it clear that a partnership between the two ain't never going to happen. This year's a one-institution town. Donahoe has his deputy with him, too, the Postal Service's innovation officer. And he tells the upstarts they've got the terrain all wrong. And he looks at us and he says, well, the problem is that no one is going to want Outbox because digital is a fad. It will only work in Europe. And we we didn't quite – it kind of felt like we were in a Saturday Night Live episode. It, it's like this is your job to be the head of digital innovation. How can it be a fad? Now – Let's pause this standoff here for a second because there's a little he said, she said going on here. A Postal Service spokeswoman tells us that Outbox's version of the meeting misrepresents the postmaster's statements. We tried to get her to elaborate. She declined. Whatever the exact words were, the result was the same. Outbox was finished. How did you feel about that? There was a real sense that this drab stone building in which these lifelong bureaucrats worked who used old blackberries and thought digital was a fad, that in the period of 20 minutes, they destroyed this dream that we had ably and passionately pursued. The guys are crushed and maybe a little bitter. Yeah. But who wouldn't be? There was sort of a nice gesture of, well, you could submit a proposal and we would have it under review, which we knew would never go anywhere. So maybe you're thinking, okay, well, that's the end for Outbox. (laughs) Well, no. And that's when things started to get a little bit crazy. Really crazy. We sort of sketched out over the following few days what it looked like to build our own postal service. The boys are still in business in a weird, convoluted way. Coming up, Outbox pushes their business to the brink. Plus, we talked to the guy who could be the one to actually convince the post office to change. He's got some wild ideas of his own. What if you link this physical address to an electronic address for every person who's got an address in that database? For life, permanently. 
New Tech City is supported by Skyline Cloud Services, a cloud technology solution for small and medium-sized businesses, providing data and software hosting solutions, including cloud paging, allowing access to full-feature desktop software from any internet-connected PC. Skyline is an authorized commercial host of Intuit and other leading software companies to provide managed hosting and rental of their software titles, including QuickBooks. Learn more at SkylineCloudServices.com. LegalZoom. If you've been thinking about starting your own business, LegalZoom can help you do it. Learn more about DBAs, LLCs, incorporation, trademarks, and other ways to protect your business and assets at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom provides self-help services and can connect you with an attorney, but they're not a law firm. Enter technology in the referral box at checkout for a special discount for New Tech City listeners. Manoush Samarodi here. You're listening to New Tech City from WNYC. The company is Outbox. The service, ditch your physical mail, get your mail scanned, and then posted online for you. Everything was going great until the postal service told Outbox, we're not going to partner with you. We're not going to forward people's mail to you so you can scan it. The business we had pursued was over. But did the Outbox fellas roll over? No siree. They are dedicated to disrupting an industry. Instead, and this is totally nuts, they get themselves a fleet of cars and they start building their own mini version of the postal service. So you're saying that you, you, the post office would deliver the mail and then you would undeliver it, essentially. Exactly. You would go and get it from people's mailboxes mm-hmm. and then take it and then go back to like the original plan, scan them, etc. Right. Like I said, nuts. The decision to actually build our own version of the postal service was pretty extreme and costly and had even a higher risk to fail. You see, Evan and Will believed in, and they still do, what they'd read and learned in business school, this theory of disruptive innovation, and they would not back down from their quest to reimagine the mail. And so we did this crazy thing. You're right. Increasing all this labor and building all this stuff that seemed so duplicative in order to learn things about the marketplace. So it's not like Evan was passionate about all things postal. He's looking at the situation with an entrepreneurial eye. But in the end, and this really is the end this time, driving people's mail back and forth and back and forth, it was just too costly. (laughs) Yeah, well, we could have told you that. Two years after their experiment began, Outbox shuts things down. Evan still has trouble saying it. We really believed in our interpretation of the data, and we had great total support and agreement from our board and key advisors. That it was time to shut down. That that product was not scalable. So what's the lesson here? Can paper mail be improved? Are companies like Outbox who want to modernize mail delivery or work with the post office, are they always destined to fail? Are we stuck with the same system that we've always had? Not necessarily. The post office is capable of compromise. Take it from this guy, Seth Weisberg. I am from Stamps.com, the leading PC postage company. Weisberg is the company's chief legal officer, and you're listening to his testimony from a congressional hearing in May examining innovative postal products. That allows customers to print their own postage using their existing computer and printer. 
People from four companies testified. Two, including Will Davis from Outbox, described how impossible it is to work with the post office. But it wasn't all negative, actually. One e-commerce company, Nugistics, sang the Postal Service's praises. But it's Weisberg's testimony really here that it, this, it's the one that hits home. Stick with it. It's not exactly scintillating delivery, but come on, it's a congressional testimony. When we initially started... It took a process of years of speaking with the Postal Service by us and other companies that wanted to do PC postage uh, to convince the Postal Service to approve it and allow it to exist. Printing stamps from your home computer, it may seem normal now, but the idea was like science fiction way back in the late 1990s. It took years for the post office to get on board. And part of the problem is that the Postal Service is both regulator and competitor. They sell stamps, so why would they help someone else sell stamps too? Here's the thing. The Postal Service does have a way for companies to pitch their ideas. And it has the enticing name of the Unsolicited Proposal Program. And it allows startups to sell their idea to the post office. We asked for an interview about the program, you know, how many people have applied, etc. No dice. But here's what I can tell you. The Unsolicited Proposal Program is as bureaucratic as it sounds. You have to mail in your submission, no surprise there, I guess, then wait for who knows how long for a green light. James Cochran is the chief information officer there. He also declined our request for an interview, but he did make his case at that congressional hearing. Technology now plays a foundational role in virtually every postal product and service. Emerging technologies, while exciting, oftentimes also challenge us with their potentially disruptive effect. Effectively traversing this emerging disruptive continuum is my responsibility and a matter of survival for the Postal Service. Translation, protect the old corral. Change, but slowly. Think Sunday package delivery, so-called coopetition with FedEx and UPS, real-time tracking. But the Postal Service could do more. Mohammed Adra is the Assistant Inspector General in the Office of the Inspector General for the U.S. Postal Service. Apologize, my title is a little bit long. Adra is not part of the post office. He's an independent researcher and kind of like an ombudsman. He does put in his two cents, though, on what the post office should do to keep up with the times. And here's what he thinks needs to happen. Invite the innovators, the private sector. I call them, you know, uh, the hipsters, hustlers, and the hackers. Let them come in, innovate, build and develop sort of the apps. For example, one of those apps could let you send your package with a neighbor who happens to be traveling to the same place. Crazy? No, it's already happening in Sweden. Someone who's available will pick it up. Individual citizens, their own private cars will Pick that parcel from point A to point B. And in Saudi Arabia? They leapfrog in terms of postal innovation, and they did everything in geocoding. You know, and geocoding is sort of the next generation in terms of innovation of traditional addressing. The Saudis can send mail to any physical location, even if it doesn't have an address or a zip code. Even Namibia's postal system is more digital forward than what we've got here. That's according to Adra. They have a biometric smart card where you can use your fingerprint to manage a postal savings account. It's kind of like a bank account. I mean, that could never happen here in the U.S. because Congress prevents our post office from doing things that aren't related to mail. You have to pass a new law. 
Still, some of Audra's reform ideas are right on target with the post office's mission, but they're still not happening. What if you link this physical address to an electronic address for every person who's got an address in that database? So, you know, I've got my address at usps.post. I'm making this this up, but it, it really follows me permanently to my physical, it's linked to my physical address. And if I move to New York, well, that electronic address moves with me. I just need to notify the Postal Service. A permanent electronic address. No more forwarding mail. That would be useful. But will it ever really happen? Not if the post office doesn't radically change. On that, Outbox co-founder Will Davis is right. Here he is, somberly delivering this news at that congressional hearing from before. And so as we're talking about innovation in the Postal Service, we have to understand that truly embracing it means a fundamentally different Postal Service. It means that in 10 years, it looks almost unrecognizable from the Postal Service today. Does this make you sad, this idea that the Postal Service could be unrecognizable in like 10 years Or do you think, like, man, it is about time? This really happened, okay? There were two guys, and they said— I told the story of Outbox and how they wanted to change the mail to some first graders. You heard one of them at the beginning of the show. Just be like an email. You wouldn't actually get any paper mail at all. These kids had spent the entire year running the school's post office, and Outbox's idea to end the mail as we know it shook those little bodies to the core. I don't think it's a good idea because then the U.S. Postal Service wouldn't have money to run their business and stuff like that. I don't really like it because I kind of want to, like, feel it with my own hands and read it by myself. I don't really just want to get it on my phone and I don't don't really see it for real. And here's my opinion. I wouldn't like it because I would, like, have to to check my computer, and it might run out of memory. What if you didn't have a computer or a phone, and you couldn't get any mail? Such good points. If we decided we loved the Postal Service just as it is. But within a few minutes, a couple kids came around to the idea of Outbox. Then the mailman wouldn't have to work, and I could hang out with his family more often, maybe. You, you, you like, save more room. Like, you mean save paper and stuff? Mm-hmm. Ah, those must be the budding entrepreneurs in the class. You can always find one or two disruptors. And that's where the drama always lies, right? That clash between the old guard and the people who believe that change is inherently good. But what's at stake here is really kind of simple. How can snail mail evolve into a better way of communicating? And sorry, post office... But it seems to me that the only mail we really want is those that represent the watershed moments of life. Love letters, wedding invitations, birth announcements. I mean, all those bills and forms to sign, those can easily go online. And the only time that I've ever sent a letter in the past five years, I was thinking about it, it's when my daughter arrived and to send a thank you card to my mother-in-law. So maybe we should have to pay more for this service, this treat. Prop up the post office with both nostalgia and cash and stop stuffing our landfills with West Elm catalogs. A quick thank you here to Derek Kana, a fellow with Yale Law School's Information Society Project, for bringing the Outbox story to our attention. 
And next week, an app that tells bipolar people when they're about to have a psychotic break. Listen, Jane, the indicators are that you've got something going on here. We should do something right now. How your phone is being trained to understand you. And hey, as you're getting ready to lie on the beach or go on a road trip this summer, go ahead, subscribe, download a bunch of New Tech City episodes online. You can go to newtechcity.org, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio app, whatever you want. I promise to provide smart and funny distractions from those fumes on Route 1 or the itchy sand stuck at the bottom of your bathing suit. Tell your friends. I'm Anoush Samarodi. Thanks so much for listening. Minusha. That's right, Minush. That's right. Manoush. And who am I related to? You are related to the person who's sitting right next to me, and his name is Kai. Correct. So, you know what I do? Kai, you know what I do. What do I do? You you work at WNYC. Yeah. What do I and, do? And every Wednesday you have a, a show. That's right.